Hello and welcome to the I Am Necessary podcast, and this is your guy and host, as always, Marcel. Before I get into this segment, which is one um, that I think everyone should pay attention to, but I really want to focus on on my brothers, the men. Before I get into that, please take a minute, go to the website, www.iamnecessary.org. Find the donate button and donate. Because you know everything you give to me goes out into the community, right? I don't play football on Sundays. I don't rap on the radio, but I still use this platform to do my part, and I can't do it without you. So show some love, okay? So let me uh, kick this off. I want to tell you guys just two little stories. And when I read these stories, I hope you start to get where I'm going with this. Okay. So whew, this is uh this hits home a lot. So let me just put this out there. All right. So let's look at a typical man named Seth. So Seth has a good job with the wife, a newborn at home. Seth has a typical routine of getting up, going to work, coming home to his family. And on the weekends, he goes out with his friends has a good time at the local sports bar. From outside looking in, Seth appears to have his life together. But there's an issue lurking <laughs> in the shadows that is really wreaking havoc on Seth's life, right? So multiple times a day, he's starting to have moments that he can't catch his breath. His mind is just flooded with thoughts from finances to a, a, a fleeing wife. His thoughts have begun to transform into fears. So he is starting to see signs that he's beginning to recognize and acknowledge. His wife is texting someone he doesn't know. His bank account is thousands of dollars less than where it should be. These signs only justify his already negative thoughts. And the cycle is beginning to snowball out of control. And in his efforts to make more money, OK, so his wife doesn't leave him. He's begun to pull away. So he can work more, but he's missing out on time with his child because he's so focused on thoughts spiraling like a tornado in his mind. Seth feels like he's alone. So he's bottling these things up. So he begins to isolate because the sheer thought of watching someone else have fun while you're suffering is unbearable. So Seth is suffering from anxiety and depression and is headed down a very dangerous and lonely path. Seth is suffering in silence. Check on me, fam. Another scenario, right? Let's look at Mike, a single guy who just went through a divorce or a breakup from a long relationship who has to now navigate that alone. He lives alone and he tells you, He's never been happier, right? Just got divorced, just dropped the dead weight, you know, freedom. But Mike puts up this front while watching his ex get into a new relationship, posting happy pictures on social media. Now his circle sees all of this because his circle was their circle. So and to top it off, now his ex is engaged and pregnant, right? And Mike has to watch this horror movie knowing that she may have been the one. So now he's trying to navigate this with, guess what, zero tools and watching his circle like all of her new photos, 
you know, ask her how she's doing. Good luck with the new relationship. So now Mike is suffering in silence. Check on me, fam. And I can go on and on, and I'm going to. But before I do, I want to bring in uh, my brother, who I want to chop this up with. And the reason I want to chop this up, so this is Montre Everett. Most of y'all know Trey as Pastor Trey. He's the lead pastor at LifeWorks Church out in Sacramento. Uh, he does a lot of things in the community. He's the founder of a foundation called the Iron Man Foundation, nonprofit organization that works with youth and adult males to become better men, husbands, fathers, and leaders. Trey, what's up? What's good, bro? <laughs> Man, we're about to find out. You know, we, <laughs> we uh, I wanted to, like I was telling you before we started this, this has been on my mind for quite a while. And so uh, it's unavoidable. So I wanted to find somebody who I could double click on this with and just have a little organic conversation. And hopefully this touches someone out there listening. But let me start with this. Why do our brothers, why do our men, why do they suffer in silence? Man, that's a it's, it's really a multifaceted question and answer uh, because there's so many different avenues that you can go down and uncover different truths and 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 reasons why we, we suffer in, in silence. Uh, m- most of the reasons that that I see as a pastor, as someone who mentors young men and, and adult men, that I see why we suffer in silence is because we were never taught how to suffer out the opposite of silence. Mm. We were never taught to express our emotions as, as young men. We were never taught to say that it's okay to cry or or to believe that it's okay to cry. We were Man. never taught these things because, you know, growing up, we we were taught don't cry. We were taught mm. man up. We were, ta- <laughs> we were taught stop acting like a punk or a sissy and all these other things. And so when we carry that from our childhood into adulthood, all of a sudden it's embedded into our mind to say, well, I'm not supposed to show any emotion. So whatever it is that I'm going through, I got to keep that on the inside. Mm-hmm. And and then and then we use we use that excuse, you know, you don't want to see me angry. You don't want right. to see me go <laughs> yeah. off because I bottle things up so yep. much that one once I once it all explodes, I'm going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to go off. And so we turn to being violent because we've been suffering in silence for so long. And so yeah. it's 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 a really a, a a deadly concoction. If, if we really think about it, suffering in silence, it means that eventually what's on the inside has to come out. I mean, we, yeah. we grew up, you know, our, our mothers told, told us this, you know, what you do in the dark, go come yeah. to light. And so what's in th- that darkness that's inside of you, it has to come out eventually. And, and sadly, a lot of times when it does come out, it's, it's coming out in negative ways. So you touched on a lot, right? And if it doesn't come out, what happens with any amount of pressure you have, if you don't release that pressure, you're going to implode, Indeed. right? And that shows up, oh, you had a stroke. Oh, you had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Well, he was bottling up, and I call it the the old soda can concept, right? So you know how a soda can, when you shake it and shake it and shake it, we used to play mm-hmm. that game, shake it and shake it and shake it. But what happens is, as you navigate your way through life, every time you deal with a situation that you don't express it, you're shaking the can. 
That's right. Right. Because it's now it's bubbling up inside you everywhere you go. Now you're driving home from work. A dude and mm -hmm. cut you off. The can just got shook. Right. Your boss is like, hey, man, no more overtime. In fact, <laughs> go see Barbara, you know, because we're letting you go. Mm -hmm. The can is being shook. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's embarrassing because you want to go tell somebody I just lost my job. Right. Because right? the question is, well, what you what you do? You know, why you say you exactly. can't? Then you got to deal with that. So this is the record that a man plays in his mind, yeah. which forces some to keep it inside. And what happens with the soda concept is you go home and you step on a Lego. You stepped on that Lego 30 times. Yes. But right now, the can is so the pressure is so much ready to come out, you step on that Lego and that's the top coming off. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what that looks like. Right. Right. And now since you did it inappropriately, that pressure is off, but now you're just going to reload because you don't have the tools to know what to do with that. Exactly. And rewinding and double clicking on something you said earlier about how we were raised and trained, man, when uh, my sister passed away, mm. right. She was 12 years old and I was what 24 at the time, I believe. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I remember being at the wake. Right. And this was devastating. This was traumatic. You didn't know that at the time, mm -hmm. but it was a traumatic experience. That's right. So I get to the wake and, you know, the reality hits and I just start crying. Mm -hmm. And one of my father's friends grabbed me by the arm and he said, you better suck it up. Hmm. That's what he told me. He was like, you better suck it up. Not now, not here. And what did I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is an authority figure, someone that I respect mm -hmm. and look up to telling me this is not how a man acts. So I fell right for it. Yeah. Right. And at my own little sister's funeral, I had to train myself not to emote. Mm -hmm. Right. Imagine that, you know, so it is just. It's, it's total devastation. And when you and, you know, God bless our, our fathers, our uncles and everything, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because it, it's kind of the record's been played over and over and over. It's, you know, people talk about breaking the cycle. That's the cycle. Yeah. Right there that men are still treading water in right mm -hmm. now, you know, because they they don't really have resources. Right. Absolutely. And so let me ask you. Do you have a resource? Do you have multiple resources? What does your reach your tool shed looks like nowadays? You know, not talking about 15, 20 years ago right. today when something is coming up that society is deeming, you know, not man like or something you need to talk to somebody about. Do you have someone? Yeah. Um, like you said, not going back years ago because I sure <laughs> enough didn't yeah. back then. Mm -hmm. But but today, you know, just through maturity and just putting myself in the right circles, I do have resources uh, because, you know, in your introduction, you know, you said, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a mentor and, you know, I, I work, you know, nine to five like everyone else also. I have resources to go to in all those arenas, plus in my personal life. Right. So in 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 ministry, um, even though I'm a pastor, I have a pastor, and this is someone who is not only like in in a leadership role uh, for mm -hmm. me, but also someone who's like a father figure role as well. So I can go to them and 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 share things that I'm dealing with on a spiritual level. 
I can even go to them because we have such a close bond. I could go to them and talk about things on a, on a personal level. And because he's in the professional arena, just like I am, I can also talk to him on, on a professional level, but because I have that resource that I could call on or reach out to and just either, even if it's just to pick his brain or on an idea that I have, um, it's, it's so important because it allows you as a man to now see things from someone else's perspective, mm-hmm. because oftentimes when we don't have those resources, we, we we're, we're, we're ton- we have this tunnel vision yeah. and we can't see things from another perspective. And so by having resources in your life, there are people that see, everybody cannot be your resource. Mm-hmm. So it's important that when you do have <laughs> that person that, that you could talk to, that they, they cannot be a yes man. Or, yeah. or a yes woman. Uh, they have to be someone who who is going to say in in some situations, nah, bro. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Or or is really going to challenge you to do better and, and and challenge you to 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 level up and also challenge you to release some things. You know, yeah. it, it, it's it's good to have have that coach, someone yeah. who's going to coach you up to 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 make you better. But it's also good to have that person who's going to allow you to have that safe space to open up and, and share things that you haven't shared with anybody. And I got a mm, few friends that I could do that with, yeah. but a lot of brothers, even though they got best friends, they don't have that, that person that they can really just open up to. Yeah. And that safe space that you yeah. talk about, right. You know, that is really the place because, you know, we've all, I could probably speak for any man that's listening to me right now. have been in a, in a situation where you needed to, to kind of reach out. I don't know yeah. if it was a money issue, a uh, relationship issue. Uh, you just needed to vent. You're feeling a little depressed. Uh, you just lost a loved one. Like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. we've all been in that situation. And then we like play this tape, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the tape skips. Like, I know I should be talking to some, nah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, why would I tell Joe that I'm in a financial situation? Because right. Joe's going to judge me. Right. And Joe's going to how can I ask Joe to help me out when, you know, I built myself up to look Mm -hmm. like I'm doing fine. Yeah. So now that facade that Mm -hmm. I built is backfiring because now because Joe's like he thinks my life is great. (laughs) And because I created that. Yeah. That scenario. Joe's the guy that I should be going to for money, but I can't now. Or so I think. Mm -hmm. Right. So now I scratch that. And now that's the can is being shook. Yeah. Right. And you come home and, you know, your kid needs shoes. You know that that's not going to stop. The the refrigerator needs refilling. But you Mm -hmm. slowly sinking with no way out. Right. And then your resource, you've created a scenario where you think you can't ask. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I've been in those situations where I've come to somebody, like you said, like we, everybody's not your resource. So everybody has to go through that audition, mm-hmm. right? When I'm in a situation, I think this is my guy. So I pick up the phone and call to talk about something and I can't get a word in there wise, right? Because it's about this guy and his things and his. Mm-hmm. So now I just like, yeah, boy, was this a bad idea? Yeah. <laughs> and so now the can is being, being shook. Mm-hmm. And I'm just suffering. Come home yeah. and, you know, your wife's like, you all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Right. You sure you look different. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's all good. 
you know, anyway, let's uh, what you want to do. You want, I'm getting myself off the topic because I yeah. haven't figured it out. And because of, you know, I want to say what society is doing, but what we allow society to do shows up. And I hate Absolutely. that they call it being vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? Because now that has a, a connotation to it and it doesn't help the situation, right? If you, hey, I need help. You know, mm -hmm. I need to ask for help or I need a favor, however you need to water it down. Mm -hmm. But when we put vulnerability, when we title it that, then it becomes even more and more taboo and Absolutely. we burrow. And, and we what burrow. you just said is, is important about sometimes what, what we do is we put we write the end of the story before we've even gone through the story. Yeah. And so when we reaching out to Joe or whoever and we're saying already that, well, I've, I've already placed myself on this level. Mm -hmm. And so if I expose myself or if I make myself vulnerable to Joe, he's going to think I'm less than. So we've right. already written the end of the story instead of just saying, let me just go through this process. Let me talk to Joe. If I feel like I could trust Joe, let me talk to Joe. Because what we will realize is Joe is probably going through something similar. Right. And, 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 and Randy over here is going through <laughs> something similar a, as well. And once you begin to open up, see, it takes one, it only takes one. And all of a sudden you'll be around some brothers that are saying, what you going through that too? Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Because what, what we think we're the only ones going through it. And so I'm going to go ahead and write the end of the story and not let anyone know what I'm dealing with because I already know the end result, but we don't. We yeah. don't. And, and, and it's, it's so many people out there who are willing to be a resource, but we're, we're, we're holding all that in. And, and then, like you said, we're, we're we go home and wifey asks us, you know, are we good? And, you know, I, I've done that. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm all right. I'm yeah. all right. Nothing. What, what's wrong with you? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that something is going Correct. on you know, on the inside, but mm -hmm. nothing. And then we find some way to get off the subject. We turn on ESPN or, or 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 just do anything to get our mind off of the situation. But that situation ain't going away. No. We and just some, covered it up. Yeah. And we don't, you know, it's not only having the courage to to ask for help or to wave a white a white flag. Mm -hmm. Some of us don't have the tools. Right. Yes. I remember back in the day, people would corner me like, are you you something's wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, oh, and I stick to my. No, I'm good. I'm fine. Then I go silent. Hmm. Right. Start to withdraw. Yep. And it's not that. And then I'm having this internal battle like, dude, they're noticing. Yeah. So they met you halfway. Mm -hmm. So they know something's wrong and they're kind of like asking. Right. This conversation that actually plays in your mind mm -hmm. that in two seconds, this what feels like five minute conversation yeah. happens. Like, dude, they're asking you if you're OK. Mm -hmm. And I just no words come out because I don't have them. Yeah. I don't know how to say it any other way. And I have mm -hmm. the courage, but it's just the tongue gets tied. And then that causes some other problem. Right. Yeah. That's how you could lose a relationship. Yeah, because you don't communicate, you don't share mm -hmm. things with me, and some men, ladies, really want to. They don't know how. They don't know how. So it's not about you. They just don't have the tools. They haven't worked it out. And thank you for subtly not backing down if you care about the man. Mm -hmm. You know how to get in there. Just say, "Hey, well, I'm here if you need me." You know, sometimes that subtle thing and to walk away. That's how you start a man to 
at least begin to wave the flag and say, hey, probably in a time where he's not emoting, right? When he's happy. Then you can talk about, you remember that time or something? Because he just got paid. He found some money somewhere. Everything's good now. Yeah. So now let's talk about it, right? <laughs> remember that time? I was in, man, I was so struggling. And I just didn't have the words to tell you, right? So then you have that conversation. You educate, you learn. Well, next time, you know, you're feeling like that, just uh, say this. And at least that'll trigger me to know you're struggling with your words. So let me give you some space. But we're going to have to talk about it because it's impacting me. It's impacting everybody, right? And that's when you know you have the right partner. That's when you know you have the right friend. Because some friends, you know, don't, don't have a resource to talk to, right? Or nobody talks to them. So if nobody's talking to you, you probably need to look in the mirror because you're not talk toable. <laughs> you're not approachable because you're going to come judging or you're going to come with solutions when I just need somebody to hear me out. Sometimes men just need to talk and they can figure it out. But, you know, you have some people that feel like they have to fix right away. You say one thing, you share just this little bit. And then if a woman goes into fix mode, you just push them deeper back inside. Yeah. You know, so that's that's just what life is. When the last time you cried, Trey? Man, last time I cried was actually about three weeks ago, bro. Mm -hmm. uh, and, bef you know, years ago, I, I would have held, held that in. Um, you know, even b before we, we started the podcast, we was chopping it up. And I shared, you know, I've been going through, you know, some things with my health. You know, we getting older. And, you know, there's some things that, you know, we got to, you know, be in, in, in tune with and, and address when it comes to our health. And so uh, the, the doctor gave me uh, some news that I didn't want to hear or, or that I didn't expect to hear. And uh, it, 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 it shook me. It mm -hmm. really did. So I left the doctor's office and I came home, went to my backyard and my wife, she was, she wasn't, she wasn't home yet. So I was just sitting in the backyard and just processing uh, what, what was the news I just heard. And when she came home, she's like you said, the, people can see right. you're going through something. Yeah. And and if nobody else know you're going through something, your wife knows when 100%. you're going through something. Yeah. And so I could have shook it off. I could have said nothing all I want. She knew something was up. And so I told her what the doctor said. And as soon as I, I, I said what, what the doctor said the situation was, bro, I just broke down. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, she was there not to say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Like you said, she didn't she didn't go into fix mode. Mm -hmm. All she did was embrace me. Yeah. And let me get that out and listen to me. She said, how are you feeling? Are you nervous? Are you scared? All this. So she let me get out all of my emotions. Mm -hmm. And then once I got it out, I was ready to say, OK. I got all that out. Now let's tackle it. This yeah. is what we're going to do. And we're going to fix this together. 100. And see, that's the thing. Brothers, we're not meant to be alone. And I don't even mean romantic relationships. We're meant to, we're relational people. So we're, we're meant to do life with other people. Mm -hmm. So what you're going through, you don't have to go through it alone. And maybe even this goes for some ladies as well. You don't, you're not meant to go through that alone. Someone is there willing to walk through the fire with you. And thank God in that moment, my wife, she was willing to walk through that fire with me 
uphold me and not judge me or not say, well, you should have been doing this years ago. That would have right. put me right in that yep. corner. And eventually I would have been in, in attack mode. Yeah. But because she didn't do that and just said, I'm here for you. What, whatever you need me to do, I'm here. And because of that, I, I, I was like, okay, we gonna, we gonna handle this. We, yeah. we, we got this yeah. together. Yeah. And the funny so thing is so healing, man, to cry too. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is what you mentioned earlier, how before the podcast we was talking about health issues. That's another one, mm. right? How, you know, I knew or saw something, you know, I was like, oh, I need to check on my guy. So we just brought it up pre-podcast. And then I'm like, oh, me too. Yeah. Right. Here's yeah. mine. There we go. There's and now too. just like that, you, you, it's amazing how good that feels to be like, okay, well, sure. All right, let's let's get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's get it. Cause you know, we cut from the same cloth. And yeah, I was I was telling Trey, doctor was like, hey, we want to put you on this medicine. I'm like, yeah, I don't, that's not how I roll. Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. There's some things I can do yeah. organically mm -hmm. that and so that's what I did. And now, you know, problem solved. Now yeah. it's just about sustaining. It's sustaining, right. It's sustaining when you let somebody else in. Cause now, hey. Every time you talk to them, they're going to leave. Hey, how's mm -hmm. how's the hip? You know, how's the blood pressure? Whatever it is. Right. You know, because when you get to this phase in life, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And we should be better at eliminating the cliche, how you doing? Right. We do that just in passing. Yeah. It, you know, we got to say, hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And maybe even we go for that dap and that hug in. Mm-hmm. Whisper something else in the ear. Yeah. Right. Hey, just coming from a place of love. I'm just checking on you, fam. Yeah. Right. It's your boy. Yeah. So, you know, just give another three, four, five words because it don't take a lot for a guy to release to a guy, mm -hmm. right? especially someone that that guy respects. Mm -hmm. Right. And I asked you about crying because I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a, I turned into. You know what I mean? Like, wow, the older I get, I'm like, man, I'll just be crying over everything now. You know what I mean? Like, right. not to that point, but like, and then my son, you know, my son, my kids, they look at me. And so we had, we broke it down. It was like, oh, daddy, you got, those are happy tears. Yeah. Yeah, they are. You know what I mean? Son does something. Daughter does something. That too, it's not always bad things that we hold in. We got to learn to celebrate yeah. too. Yeah. So, you know, back in our day, you know, you go three for four and hit, three home runs and pop up pop's supposed to be like that's my guy yeah but pop's like yeah you on that one pop up you dropped your shoulder mm -hmm. you know what i mean come here let me show you how to hold the bat but i hit three home i don't yeah i popped up but you know what i mean <laughs> right. so we got to celebrate that just just celebrate and it's not really what you say is getting in the habit of saying it yes right and so yeah. we're in flight we're in flight. We've been in flight and we've been navigating and making changes, but there are people we mentor. There are mm -hmm. people that look up to us. There are people we're raising that now that we have the tools, we have to give them to them. And the best way to give those tools to someone is to show them yourself, Yeah, you know, and to talk through it. Like this is like, we don't, I don't just slam things or whatever. Now I say, Hey, you just, I'm upset. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. I just say it straight up. Sometimes I say it with a smile because it feels so good. Yeah. To be able to communicate that. Absolutely. Like I'm upset. And my son will say, Daddy, you mad? Right. He, he's figuring it out. He's trying to match my looks, which also is my biggest helper. Because mm -hmm. a kid gonna look right at you and be like, Daddy, why are you mad? 
Yeah. I'm not mad. You know, am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? If my son called it out, I'm like, what? You know where I was? And now we just, guess what we're doing? We're talking about my facial expressions. Mm -hmm. We're talking about my emotions, even to the point, like when my son cried. Sometimes I'm like, man, he crying. In my mind, I'm like, man, this dude crying a lot. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, well, you don't have words yet. Mm -hmm. So he can't really express what he's saying. So this is what he knows. Right. So I had to help him start to connect feelings to words. And then we had to, you know, like, hey, son, so now where are you in life? So what types of things do you think is people cry about? Mm. Right. And he'll say this, that, the other. Should you cry when when daddy says, no, you can't have that? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So, nope. Okay. So next time daddy tells you, no, you can't have that. What are you going to say? Right. I need to give you some tools. Otherwise, you're just going to cry. Right. And it's not that you're a, a air quote punk or a baby. Dad, I don't have the tools. Right. So and if I don't give them to him now, he's just going to grow up mm -hmm. to be a can that gets shook over and over. And yes. then this poor, innocent person is the one that pops the top. Now they get it all. That's right. Somebody got to clean up that mess on our five. Somebody got to clean it up. And that, that that's so important, bro, that you start at that early age, because as toddlers and children, when we hear the word no, or if there's a moment of disappointment, the immediate default reaction is to cry. Mm -hmm. And so now, because at that point, they don't know the why behind the what. They just know the what. Daddy said no. But now that you're explaining things, and, and I, I think, you know, as we, we start to grow up, I, we, we didn't have people explain the why behind the what. Right. And so we had to figure it out. Yep. But now that we're older, we need we need to know the why behind the what. Why am I feeling this way? Why? Why is the end result always rage, anger? It's mm -hmm. because that was the, that was the, 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 the response when, when we were children. Yeah. When when there was disappointment, when there was a no, we responded in rage and anger yeah. through through crying. And so that we do the same thing a, a, as an adult, but we just don't know it because we're not understanding the why behind the what. But once you start understanding why do I respond like this? Why am I reclusive? Why 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 do I not talk to any people? Mm -hmm. And and you you will find something in your past that there was a moment in your past that 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 is like that's the moment that I shut down. That's the moment when the trauma happened. That's the moment that I I just started bottling things up. We we can go back and find those moments and find the why so that we can start addressing the what. And the cold part about what you just said is, you know, all great stuff that I've heard before and I've heard it before from a therapist, <laughs> right? So you might not be able to find it, but if you find the courage to ask for help yes. and it doesn't have to be your boy, mm -hmm. right? There are people who actually do this for a living Indeed. and they don't have any, they don't have a dog in the race other That's than right. you're a client that you, someone that came to help. And I can tell you right now, uh, when I was living in Hawaii, I was just weird, right? Everybody was, I was just weird. Didn't know why I didn't want to be mm -hmm. weird. And so somebody was like, man, you should probably go see somebody. And now at the time, that was my profession. So I was a therapist for youth. Yeah. So it's not the dude you're talking to right now. Mm -hmm. So for somebody to tell me to go see somebody to help me with the field that I'm an expert in is disrespectful, mm -hmm. right? 
back then. That's what I thought. Like, yeah. that's what I do. You know, how are you going to tell me that I need to, you know, so that came out, right? So now I found an excuse to not seek the help because this dude just took my mind away from it. But what happened was as I laid down and know this, everybody who's listening, when you plant a seed, you can't unplant it. Mm. So when somebody told me that I mouthed off, did all that. But when I laid down at night, I thought about it. Right. Cause that seed was planted. And I was like, man, do I need to see some, you know, let me take a realistic look at myself. Yeah, oh, that's scary. I don't want to look. Take right. what's, on, what's on what's on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is what happened, but it never went away. So I picked up this true story, picked up the phone, made an appointment. Right. Didn't go. Mm-hmm. Picked up the phone, you know, weeks later, made an appointment, got my car, drove by the place. Picked up the phone, made an appointment. Drove to the place, walked in, waited about nine seconds. Uh, nobody said nothing. Walked out and patted myself on the back like I did something. Well, like I went did, in there. Yeah. They just didn't didn't help me. A couple weeks later, went back, went in, stayed that nine, ten seconds, started to walk away. And the lady was like, Marcel? Dang. Yeah, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> you know. So she was like, Yeah, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Gold, Dr. Gold is, you know, waiting to see you, blah, blah, blah. So I walk back with my bravado, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because this dude do what I do. So what could he possibly tell me? Right. And I sit down looking at all his accolades on the wall. I'm like, yeah, okay, that don't, I got that. That don't impress me. He ain't even in the room yet. Hmm. <laughs> right. So I'm doing this self-talk. Finally comes in. And this is how you know you you with the right person. He looked at my docket. He was like, oh, it looks like we do kind of the same work. I was like, yeah, you know, but I do it with kids. Uh, And he was like, okay, well, I'm glad you came in. Broke me down beautifully. Takes a lot of courage, you know, Mm -hmm. to do what you're doing right here. So I commend that and I acknowledge that. And I still had some bravado. And I said, yeah, I know, doc, but so this is what I diagnosed. Like I'm Mm self-diagnosing, you know. And he was like, before you do that, let me stop you right now said, I want you to put your knife on the table. I want you to put your scalpel on the table, right? You're in my world now. Mm-hmm. And he said, we do do the exact same things. And I have no doubt you're good at it. He was like, but tell me this, what surgeon do you know that can remove their own appendix? Right. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Lay on down on the couch, <laughs> right? And just start like, I'm like, he was like the session over, but I'm not done. Right. <laughs> and it was just great to just, and the drive home felt like I lost weight. Mm. You know what I mean? Just to get some of this stuff out. Cause we weren't at the fixing. We were right. just, well, let, let me put it all on the table. Cause sometimes you have to get it out and mm-hmm. to hear yourself say things is therapeutic yes. all by itself. Right. And so we're having these conversations because there's people right now listening who like, man, that's me. And there's other people listening like, man, that's my husband. Man, that's my father. Man, that's my son. So that's why we're talking about this. And yeah. some of the, the the signs when you are with someone and you like they're different. First of all, they look different. So that's mm-hmm. a red flag, right? I don't know. They could be always having negative self-talk all of a sudden. They could be more tired, not sleeping mm-hmm. or Sleeping longer than usual. You know, these are all the signs that something 
is going on. They have personality changes. They start to just withdraw, you know, just sit on the couch and just not be themselves. Check on them, fam. Check on them, fam. And to all my fellas out there, I know you've had the thoughts of some of your boys like, man, I need to call Joe. And you don't. Right. And Joe's on your mind for months. And you keep saying, man, I, I got to call Joe. Right. Call Joe, because that's not just coincidence that that's that's on you. Send a text, reach out and just be sincere and, and park your brakes in there. Don't start talking about other things like, hey, man, you was on my mind. How are you doing? No, really. And don't let Joe off the hook. Right. Till he coughs something up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we got to right this ship because a lot of people this is for men. It's up there with one of the most the, the highest rate of suicide mm -hmm. are for men who are depressed, withdrawn from just suffering in silence. So it's something that needs our attention. Yeah, it needs our attention big time. And man, that's that's <laughs> you 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 brought up something, you, you know, because oftentimes, you know, especially as brothers, how many how many times do, do we? you know, hear about something happening to one of our homies mm. and, and then our, our first response, man, I, I, I've been meaning to call yeah. him and man, yeah. I, I should have, should have, should have, yeah. should have, Post a Facebook picture with him on there. We ain't yeah, seen him yeah. in four years. Ain't seen him in four years. Man, I, I should have called him. <laughs> or, you know, he been on, he been on my, I don't know why he been on my mind, but and, and mm -hmm. man, and now it's too late. And so now we living with the guilt, man, I should have called Joe. Yeah. I should have called, I, I should have did this. And, you know, we, we, we may not feel that as guilt, but it, it but it is because now it's sitting on our brain. I should have did this. I mm -hmm. should have did that. And now forever when we think of Joe, we're thinking that last that last thought is I should have did this. I should have that did, did that. And I, I'm I'm so glad, you know, over the past few years, I, I lost I lost both my both my grand grandmothers. And I was blessed to have a final conversation with both of them uh, not long before they they pass away. Uh, at the time, they didn't know they were passing away, but and, and I didn't know that that would be my last phone conversation with them. But with each of them, the last words that I was able to say to to, to both of them was "I love you," and mm -hmm. to hear them say it back. And so when I got the news that they passed away, it wasn't no man. I wish I would have called Mama, and I wish mm -hmm. I would called Grandma. I was like, okay, they in a better place. One hundred percent. And and and. Yeah. and and you know, no, no more, no more pain. I didn't have to deal with that. I should have, could have, would have. Same, same with my son. Um, you know, you were just sharing, you know, how you 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 lost your your, your sister years ago, and I I, I remember that. I, mm -hmm. I never forget that. Uh, four four years ago, I lost my son, mm -hmm. and they and at the age of twenty one, and a month before he passed away, as he had called me. Uh, I, we were, you know, here in California, of course, and he lived back back in Florida, you know, trying to build a life of his own. And he called and said, Dad, I know you and mom are trying to build, you know, get this church started and everything. And uh, I think I'm going to move out there and help you guys start the church, because in, at the church we were attending back in Georgia, uh, he was hands on. He he was, you know, actively involved. And so I knew him coming out here, he he would be a big help. And so I was like, son, I would love that. And so he said, okay, I'm going I'm to start making some plans to do that. And so the last thing we both said, I said, I love you, son. And he said, I love you too, dad. And so when I got the news a month later, 
that he had passed away, it wasn't that guilt feeling like, dang, mm -hmm. I wish I would have said I love you. Yeah. I wish I'd have said this. I wish I'd have said that. I I closed the chapter. Hell, the, the the chapter was closed in a healthy manner. And so when when I got the news that, that he had passed away, bro, I, I I I kid you not, I heard his voice as clear as day. When 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 I got the news that that he had passed away, and the words he said was this: He said, "Dad, it's beautiful here." Mm. And wow. that brought me so much peace. Mm -hmm. Even though I was in, I was in pain and I was crying. Um, I, I let out all the all the emotions that any parent would let out when they hear that their child has passed away. But to hear my son's voice say, "Dad is beautiful here," that was enough to heal my heart because he he, he was basically telling me, "Dad, we close the chapter in a healthy way, mm. and I'm at peace. I'm okay." Yes, and that sir. Was, that was enough for me. And so, uh, so often we don't, we don't have that. We yeah. don't have those healthy closed chapters and we go through the rest of our life saying, man, I wish I'd have called mama, mm -hmm. man, I wish I'd have talked to my dad more, you know, and, and that's, that's unhealthy. And that's yeah. a lot that we bottle up. Death is one of the greatest traumas that we'll ever experience. And if we're carrying additional guilt over the death, man, that that's that can break it. That could break any man. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not careful. Right. And if you don't learn how to diffuse yourself, if you don't learn how to express yourself, if you don't learn how to communicate that death is beginning your death. Yes. Right. Because you're keeping it inside. And and one thing I learned is death is very lazy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you running every day, you eating really well, you sleeping, mm -hmm. that ain't messing with you. You rather come over here and find this dude who's doing all, everything he he can to to eliminate yeah. his life. So death is like, oh, I ain't got to do nothing over here, but just nothing at all. <laughs> just blow or give to do one more sandwich, and I'm this is easy, <laughs> right? I'm at my quota. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it all and that is the number one thing for men. When oh, what happened to such and such? He had a heart attack. You know, like I alluded to earlier, what happened yeah. to such and such? Mm -hmm. This happened. Some of it could be, it is what it is, but a lot of it is just what you can't see. Yeah, It's that internal implosion because you don't have a resource. You don't know how. You don't have the courage to. You have been preconditioned to believe that you can't, you shouldn't. Your definition that was given to you of what a man is and what a man should be is dated. You know, it might have worked back in the day. A lot of things that my pops did did great for me, right? But I don't use them because yeah. you know things have changed. I'm tooled up mm -hmm. a little bit, and the times have changed. So I have to evolve. Yes. And the cold part is a lot of people. You know, when people might see me doing these videos on, I drop them on Facebook or uh, Instagram, and sometimes people. I know you can relate to this. People message me privately. Mm -hmm. Like, who is, <laughs> who is, who is Robert Dean? Anyway, it's this thesis about yeah. how this video I made two weeks ago, you know, in essence, saved his life. Mm. And what people don't know is people ask me about, hey, remember that video you did? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, because I did it because I was actually, these videos, I'm actually talking to me. Mm. 
right? But I'm sharing it with everybody else. So if I got a lesson that I just went through, I can give you the cheat code, right? And just put it out there and just share my experience. And again, you're looking at a guy who is being, I won't call it vulnerable, is just sharing, sharing his toolkit with you, putting myself out there because I've processed it. I dealt with it. And most of the videos, I'm smiling, but the things coming out of my mouth aren't funny all Mm -hmm. the time. But that's just one way I've learned that not only do people suffer in silence, you never know who's looking at you in silence, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. just your kids, right? Everybody's looking at you for whatever reason. They admire you or they're waiting on you to fail Mm -hmm. or whatever, but you can best believe there's always a pair of eyes on you. That's right. And so if you live like that, right, if you're a good, not just a good dude, a good person, and you live like that, then your life will be better. You know, you can touch other lives. You do things, what you do in light, you also do them in the darkness because yeah. someone's always looking. And I remember Pops told me one day, he gave me some candy or whatever. Maybe that started my pre-diabetes. Anyway, <laughs> he gave me some candy and I threw the wrapper down and he just gave me a look like, and here I am playing through like, okay, like how my son, dad, you mad? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I know that's not a happy look, yeah. right? And so a lot of times we joke about it, how your mom or your dad can just give you that look. You figure it out mm-hmm. if they just sit there with that look. So I figured out like, oh, I wasn't supposed to throw that wrapper on the ground. Right. So I picked it up. We got in the truck and he was like, you know why I looked at you like that? I was like, you know, I'm guessing. And he said, yeah, he's like, you know, you don't, you shouldn't litter mm-hmm. like that. And he, this is my pops talking about littering. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't litter. He's like, everything you do, son, just think about at the time you do it. What if a million people did it? Mm-hmm. Would the world be better or worse? So I live with that. Like if I throw a rapper down, you know, it's not okay. Cause what if, Everybody threw a wrapper down. What would the ground look like? Right. Right. But on the flip side, what if I told this person and was thinking about you and a million people did that? Mm. We just extended 50 lives just with a phone call. Right. Just with a a, a text message. We extend lives that way. And people might not realize it, but there's power in the touch. There's Mm -hmm. power in love. There's power in you and meaning you, everybody who's listening to somebody, you're somebody. Never forget that. To somebody, you are somebody. To somebody, uh, you are the the answer to a prayer. You know what I mean? Sometimes we we think prayers answer prayer is supposed to look like a dollar bill <laughs> or something like that. That's not always the case, right? So be open to everybody who's willing to offer you help. Put your pride down a little bit, fellas. I know it's a, it's a big ask, but I wouldn't ask you to do it if I didn't know what's on the other side. Put your pride away. You're still the man, still the man. And when you put your pride away and you learn to communicate, not only are you helping yourself, you're gaining respect. So now you are the new real man. You know, it's not all about, you know, all these words. And I don't want people to, 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 how do I say this? Well, it's my podcast. I don't want anybody to start the feminization of a man, right? When they that they take this opportunity to start saying, oh, you should do X, Y, Z. Well, no, not, not. You should communicate. You should express yourself. You know, you should do certain things. 
but you don't have to wind it all the way down if that's not you, right? So people love to take shots, mm -hmm. you know, when, when there's a wounded hoof, you know, they want to go ahead and shoot the dart in the back. But fellas, we got to self-sustain our lives. And one way to do it is to, first of all, take a hard look at yourself in the mirror. Whatever you're going through, it's not just going to magically go away. <laughs> Trust me right now. I, I was a believer in if I ignore it, it'll work itself out and it'll go away. It won't. Right. And the worst part is it'll disguise itself. So it won't look like this anymore. It's still there. It's not showing up like this. It's showing up like this, which is even more dangerous. So don't play with that type of fire. Um, if you don't know where to get help, Google is a, a great place to start. Pick up the phone, call somebody. You know, if you don't have a circle that, you know, sometimes we're not there yet, man, I don't want to, I don't want to let them know that I'm doing bad. Like you got to stop that mentality ASAP because all, do you think they want you to be doing bad? Of course not. Right. They're your friends. So at some point you got to just surrender. Right. And if you can't surrender to your friends, the one alternative that's acceptable is surrender to somebody, surrender to God. Surrender to a therapist, but it all begins with you being humble, which is the biggest strength of a man mm -hmm. is to humble himself and surrender and just put it all on the table. Um, so, yeah. Any closing remarks for I'll wrap this up, Trey? Yeah, man. Uh, just uh, two two things, man. Um, you know, we, we were talking about holding holding stuff in and. Mm -hmm. One thing, you know, sometimes at even at, as a pastor, man, um, there's this pressure to perform. Mm. There's this pressure to always be on mm. this pressure to always say and do the right things. And I think, you know, sometimes as men, we put that pressure voluntarily on, on our on ourselves, the pressure to perform. Yeah. Uh, the perfect the, the pressure to be on. We're, we're, we're not even athletes no more. So I get it <laughs> on the ball field. You got to be on. You yeah. got to be locked in at all times. No mistakes. But when we're off the field now, now that we're you know we're settled down and we're we're mature, grown men now, we don't have to, we shouldn't have to live with that pressure to to perform. Yeah. And so I, I was I was thinking about that because you know as we are having this conversation. I look down at my phone, bro, and I, I'm, I'm getting a message from my pops mm. saying that my aunt passed away while we're talking. Wow. And so wow. I'm looking at this. I'm looking up at you and I'm I'm feeling the pressure to perform mm. the, the pressure to just to, to be on and not be. Well, no, no, we, 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 we chopping it up right now. I got yeah. to hold, hold this in, you know, cause let, let me wait till I finish talking to my bro and yeah. then I deal with this, but no, I need to, I, at you as, as my brother, I need mm -hmm. to, Hey man, I'm going through something right now Yeah, in this moment. I just lost my aunt. And that's that in flight, <laughs> in flight training right there. That's yeah. that. But you know, and that's, that's a, uh, uh, you know, sorry to hear that and all yeah, of that kind of good stuff. It. But this is you, your evolution as a man, mm -hmm. right? Like, man, this is happening right here. And I, I could have done it this this way, this way, this way. Hey, let me, I, I'll call you back. You know, let yeah. me let me go. Let me go do, you know, let me jump into to my uniform mm -hmm. and, and perform. Yeah. But, you know, you just soaking it in right now. Yeah. 
like yeah. live and it's dang and, and i'm sitting here as you saying <laughs> that i'm like man i hope it's not an aunt that you are i need to call auntie you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah yeah and see so, here's the thing it is one of those that i've been telling my pops because you know he lives in idaho and he comes down and and um my aunt she lived in in, in the bay area in, in in oakland and whenever he would come down uh, he would go. She lived in a um, uh, one of those assisted living facilities, mm -hmm. and he would go visit her. And he would he would say, you know, if you wanted to go visit her, let me know because you have to be on a list. Only right. certain people can get in. And so I would always say, well, the next time you come down, you know, I just go with you, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I wouldn't just say put me on the list. So the next time <laughs> I'm in the Bay Area, which is you know probably every other week, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll swing by and, and go and go see Auntie. And now, I'm here. We go. Yeah. Now I got to live with that. I should have went to go see her. I should have just went. I should have called her. You know. So now I got to live with that. So yeah. we doing this in real time. Yeah. What, you know, I'm I'm not just saying this to other men. I'm I'm still learning this m myself. You know. So yeah. I'm I'm still de dealing with this. And so yeah. So <laughs> this is real yeah. time stuff. And that, that just goes to show with. you just never know. Man, and let's let's do a better job with each other, fellas. Indeed. Let's let's and and this is to everybody, right? I'm not, but I'm talking today. I'm talking to to our guys because I feel like, you know, we've been we've been misled a little bit, mm. and we got to right the ship ourselves. So, mm. Pastor Trey, as always, my guy, thank you so much for cutting the time out to to bless our our airways and to everybody listening. Uh, if you made it wrong, make it right. Be needed and be necessary, and I'm out.